Hello, everyone, and welcome to another holly jolly episode of Movie Mastery. Why, what, what podcast is it? You there, boy. Yes, sir. What podcast is this? Why, why, it's System Mastery, sir, same as any other. No, it isn't. Get out of here, boy, you're drunk. <laughs> I have tied one on indeed, sir. <laughs> The, the 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 false warmth it provides me brings levity to my bosom in my final moments. It is the Victorian era, sir. Mm-hmm. I am allowed to be quite drunk at work. <laughs> I have lost five fingers, and so I must take to the tipple. <laughs> Tis fine claret, sir. Ah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Privy, wouldst thou sherry? <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> anyway. Uh. It's Movie Mastery, and I have allowed Jeff the reins for this one. And I fucked up. Jeff, Jeff fucked up. (laughs) What I thought was going to happen when I gave Jeff the reins for a Christmas-based movie was that we would watch one of those, like, A Holiday Prince Kisses for Christmas. Yeah, one of those, like, she doesn't do winter but when she goes back to visit in a small town, her parents discover she's brought home a cowboy for Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. I was like, oh, this is going to be... I don't want to watch one of those any more than you do. <laughs> hey, man, I never want to watch any of the shit we watch on here. <laughs> I thought for sure we were going to get one of those. Instead, we got 2014's Christmas ice Tastrophe. Uh-huh. Uh, aka yeah. just ice catastrophe, mm-hmm. which I have to assume they rebranded almost immediately to be like, well, we got to be on Christmas movie list. Put, put Christmas on there so we can make it onto like weirdest movies of Christmas Google list, which it does not. No, you know what kills me? What dry? If, if I might mention a Is gear it bullets? grinder, it's bullets. <laughs> it's kryptonite because uh, actually it's radioactive. It kills anybody. Um, it's kryptonite bullets because again, bullets. No, there's bullets. They'll kill you. <laughs> No, but what, what kills me is I did spend a little bit of time prepping for this by Googling for weird Christmas movies. And do you know what shows up no matter how much you try to refine your search for weird Christmas movies? Is it Die Hard? No, no. Oh, okay. I mean, that one's, you know, oh, it's a Christmas movie. Burp, burp. It's not funny anymore, everybody. You can stop. But um, no, it's Elf. No matter how you go, like weird old Christmas movie. Elf? No, uh, like forgotten. No, like Christmas, weird movies. You know, weird, like like failed Christmas movie for, that's forgotten from like from the VHS era. Oh, you must be an elf starring Will Ferrell. No, that's like the most famous Christmas movie of all time. Can you give me one that's not that? How about <laughs> Elf? You know Elf? You want to watch Elf? Don't you? no. Ooh, a weird forgotten Christmas movie. Have you tried? Mm, let's say the Santa Claus. No <laughs> one's heard of it. You're like, what are you talking about? Fu- what is e- happening? Right every now? list starts with Elf. It's fucking annoying. It's like just gotta scroll past it. But no, I mean, this isn't what I wanted to watch. I wanted to watch the Life and Adventures of Santa Claus, specifically the 2000 animated version, and not the 1985 stop motion animation version. Okay. Um, th- that one. It's it stars Robbie Benson. It's got like uh, a couple other famous folks in it. Uh, but it, it's based on the L. Frank Baum 1902 Santa Claus origin story novel, uh-huh. um, which is weird. Like, it's all these thick fairies and stuff, but he's renamed them, so they're all called, like, Canucks and stuff like that. Um, but that is not on the internet. It's just not. So no. I, I went to my next thing, which was, I figured, a Christmas disaster movie? Yeah. So And it sort of is. I mean, this is very clearly, even if I had not known when i looked it up because it's right there that it says it's a tv movie i 
definitely would have been able to tell the stink of sci-fi original from miles away off of this one. Yeah. And indeed, it is, of course, a sci-fi original movie. Yeah, I would have figured that, given that as soon as it ends, the next movie that the the streaming service you watch it on tries to put you onto is something by the same team called Atomic Twister. (laughs) Yeah, it's just, what is this? Uh, We took the general idea of a natural disaster and then... Went, but what if it was magic goofballity well, shit? What I think this needs is a little more zazz. <laughs> no, Batman, take care of him. <laughs> that's jazz. <laughs> no, that's Mr. Zazz. That's my father. <laughs> uh, anyway, this is a Christmas disaster movie where a meteor causes flash freezing. Yes. And the non-spoiler review is... It's bad? It's a sci-fi original movie. Yeah. You know when you hear those words going in, what you're going to like and not like about this. Because it is exactly like every other sci-fi original movie. It's a little... I mean, because it doesn't have to feature a mega shark or giant octopus or triple-headed dog shark or whatever the hell it is they put in those, it doesn't... It, it it also doesn't have as much of like, oh, we got one celebrity you remember from a 90s sitcom. Like, I think it does, but I don't remember any of them, so. <laughs> no, I mean, the main uh, guy in here, uh, Victor Webster, uh-huh. I'm like, I have seen you before. You have been in things. I'm sure. Now, one, he has been in just an absolute fuck ton of those Hallmark Christmas movies. He is in, he is always the like, I'm the rugged lumberjack of those movies. And he's been in like a dozen of those. Oh, I'm sorry. Are you a woman with a busy career in a big town? That's all stupid. You're going to marry me and make pies. Why don't you slow things down a little here in the the big city where you were? Ah, things are a little too rough and tumble. But down here, we like it nice and calm and our women to shut the fuck up. 364 days out of the year, you're going to be desperate to gnaw your own arms off to escape me. But on that magic Christmas... That's uh, when the tolerance begins. But yes, he has also been in a ton of other stuff. And okay. I was like, I've seen you in so many things. Sure. Uh, mostly, I forget what the series was he was on recently that he was like a main person in. Ah, okay. Well, we can look uh, him up. But but yeah, spoiler free review. A, a meteorite splits in two and causes an insane natural disaster to affect a tiny Montana town. Continuum. That's the show okay. he was on. Anyway. And uh, it it's bad. And there you go. It's got a... It's got some characters being saddled with some unfortunate things to say and or do. (laughs) Yeah, it is. I mean, for me, I have a a decently soft spot for the shitty sci-fi movies. That's fair. Shitty sci-fi originals where they're like, oh, no, look out. It's coming this way. And then CG happens. And you're like, God bless you. Can't have it on the screen at the same time. But boy, oh, boy. (laughs) Absolutely love that shit. Yeah. Plus, we're doing the whole, we want to make it a Christmas movie, so we're packing in, like, too many plot elements. There's, like, too many things going on. And I'll say this. The movie does not fucking, like, hang around. No, like, it A moves. lot of movies are like, oh, we'll, we'll get to the amazing, like, five-headed shark in about an hour. We've got to establish these people. This movie's like... Hey, fuck you, meteor! Let's yeah. go. It just it do, it definitely does jump right in. It's got action music uh, music playing the entire time. Yeah, so uh, it, they they definitely know where their bread was buttered. Like I I I also want to throw it some credit for the fact that it is 
sort of propulsive. It's just that it's propulsive and yet boring at the same time. Like if a roller coaster didn't have any twists or turns. Ah. It's just like you get in this little car and it goes over there. So how is this not a train? Oh, uh, we can put the little bar down. <laughs> you can't get up. There's That's lo- how it's not a train. There's a long line. Oh, so it's like Superman, the ride. <laughs> sure. Or the mummy, the ride is specifically in Hollywood. Ah. Because I've heard the mummy, the ride is really good at the Florida one. Like I mean, it's got stuff. some twists and turns. It don't yeah. do any loopity loops. Have you or done nothing. the Hollywood one? Yes. Because the Hollywood one is just like, what if you went down this hallway and then went back down that hallway? I mean, it it does. It turns. It doesn't do a like. ride. It doesn't do anything interesting, we particularly. I think we might have been on different rides. Because the one I was on, you got on a thing and it went down a long hallway and they played videos on the screens. And then it stopped and it went back down the hallway and then you got out. We kept expecting there was a part where it was going to do something, huh? and it did not do that thing. Ah! Uh. So anyway, yeah, it's uh, it's it's a sci-fi movie. That's a great way to disca- describe it. Yep. So we are going to play a little music, and we will come back with the full in-depth spoiler review for 2014's Christmas Ice Tastrophe. Hey, Jingity Jing, it's Dominic the Donkey. Jingity Jing, the Italian Christmas Donkey. La 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 la. We're back, and it's time to talk about Christmas Ice Tastrophe. Hell yeah, buddy! It's our Christmas episode this year. It's it is a it's a Christmas miracle. It's well, you know what? It's not a karate one or a wrestling one, so that's already one step above the bottom. <laughs> oh, I mean, as far as Christmas movies that we have watched for this show, this is like top of the charts yeah, right now. Yeah, we're doing great. This this is like a sci-fi original. Oh, you spoiled me. <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't shot on VHS. You you can't hear the low hum of a home grade camcorder all the way through the entire film. You can't just like see a minor celebrity's soul escaping from their body as they film it. <laughs> Please, Joe Estevez never had one of those. <laughs> so anyway, uh, let's get into it. Let's talk about a wrestling Christmas miracle again. <laughs> No, you ready? Here I we will, go. I would never. We're doing it from memory. We didn't watch it again. Time to start from the very beginning. So it opens on wrestling footage where they had to blur out about half the people. Nope. It begins in <laughs> media res for no reason I can particularly understand. They just want you yeah. to know that they're like, hey, in about 20 minutes from now, we're going to show this same scene to you. And usually when you do this, it's to set up like, Man, th- things really get out of hand, and there's no way you're going to guess how it gets to here. Yeah. But this is like, hey, did you know the, the premise of this movie? What if we showed you that and then went back a little? I-, I feel like they had to have thought that the first 10 to 15 minutes of the movie was too boring, and they weren't justifying the commercial break hard enough, so they were like, I don't know, just grab an action sequence from later in the movie and put it at the start. It's How fine. are we going to hook these people to stick around for the first commercial and break? Can-, can we get Victor Webster back in here so we can do a freeze frame and have him be like, yep, that's me. I bet you're wondering how I got into this predicament. Me, I'm wondering how I'm going to get out. It all started on Christmas Eve. You know, it, but it doesn't. It just ends and then the movie starts. Yeah. But it's just him and some lady r- going real fast on a boat in a lake. Yep. They are going uh, forward as a t- flash freeze wave mm-hmm. follows behind them. 
at pretty much the exact speed that the boat is going. Oh, yeah. The flash freezes always travel at the exact fastest speed that the hero is currently capable of moving. Yes. Because it has been as fast as a speeding car, as fast as a boat, as fast as a walking person. Yes. So whatever speed the uh, the hero, whose name is something Ratchet, like literally his last name is Ratchet. Oh, yeah. No, they do the full like, hey, wink, wink, nudge, yeah. nudge. Our main hero is Charlie Ratchet, and, and, and his is. his boss is uh, Crooge, huh? It, ben Crooge. Oh, I thought it was. Oh, it's Mayor Gibbons. Yeah, the yeah, mayor they, is Gibbons, but yeah. his boss is Crooge, and yeah. he's Ratchet. Yeah. So, eh, yeah, we'll just take one letter off, and no one will know. <laughs> That's how it's Christmassy. That makes it Christmassy, along with some very stilted lines where they add Christmas stuff once or twice. I felt most bad for the helicopter pilot who had to say, like, the, the Christmas line of the Well, movie. it wouldn't be Christmas if you didn't have to save someone. I'm like, what? Man, you've had some shitty Christmases. What? What, what are you talking about? Man, you must it's, have grown up in a fucked up Christmas. Christmas can't start until you save someone. Say, what, what are you talking are, are you forgetting what Christmas is? It's not, it's not about any kind. The only religious significance is Jesus' birthday. Like, I get if you wanted to say that. I suppose thematically for Easter. Yeah, that'd be fine. Sure. Yeah. That that would be saving people. It's dying for sins. Sure. Yeah. But this is like... It's the fray day. <laughs> you can't start the fray day until you save a life. <laughs> and I know how to, let me tell you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it's it's minimal Christmas, but they do try and cram it in there anyway, I assume because this thing ran in December at some point. In 2014, yes, it, probably. It came out, I think, like the 20th or so of December. Yeah. It was just, hey, here's our holiday movie on sci-fi. Yeah. So after we watch this, this harrowing boat chase, and I assume watch five or six commercials for Verizon's wireless coverage network, <laughs> uh, we come back to our hero... And his two boys who want to play, or his boy, his son, his son and, and his, his friend, his shitty friend, and the two of them want to play with dynamite. Yeah, the 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 son and his friend are just hanging out in like a quarry where our hero works. Yeah, and they just like set off a fucking stick of dynamite inside of some doll or something. Uh huh. And I'm like. Man, the fact that Charlie, his dad, then comes over and he's like, you two, don't do that. And they're like, oh, dad, we're just playing with dynamite. And I'm like, this is the calmest reaction to catching a child playing with dynamite that I have ever seen. <laughs> like, how do you have that reaction? Like, ah, I see you're using ridiculously deadly explosives. Now, now. Mm-hmm. You know what I say about that. The None only, in the house. The only emotions allowed in this movie are stoicism and calm determination. <laughs> oh, and cowardice for the bad guys. Yeah. So that's that's why. Because this guy never rises above the level of, I'll save them. Like, that's all he ever does. Oh, yeah. So when his son's playing with dynamite, he's just like, hmm, I'd yell at you, but I bet your divor- your uh, my divorced wife mom of yours would let you play with dynamite if I did that, and then I'd lose. Let me also say... Given that we establish, of course, right now that Charlie is divorced and he just has his son, Tim, right now. Uh-huh. You get it? Tiny, tiny Tim, yeah, he's tiny Tim, Tim Ratchet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah no, he's, he, he's Tim Ratchet. Uh, but he has a son right now and he's like, oh, and then tomorrow you spend actual Christmas Day with your mom. And I'm like, oh, God, here it comes. Here comes all the, like, shitty divorced dad shit. Because you're only going to have two things. Yeah. There's either, oh, your mom's a bitch, bruh, or... 
we're getting back together at the end of this movie. That's yeah. what disaster movies are. Yeah, and weirdly, I I guess just because they never heard of Roland Emmerich, we aren't doing either of those things. No, the the wife is a, is a dead end character. She's the wife uh, the doesn't have like a, either a cool new husband to yeah. be like, hey, you you need to understand that I've moved on, or a shitty husband that gets murdered so that the ex husband can replace him. What she has instead is nothing. And she spent, and she ends the movie that way. She's perfectly content. Yeah, I got. You know what? You're right. You gotta get. You gotta throw a little credit there. I, this movie diverts the standard disaster formula. Yeah, there's a lot of things that I was expecting to happen given the standard tropes of a disaster film, and the movie was like, "I'm not interested in that. I've got more CG crystals I need." Yes, especially because the movie also introduces a badass female co lead for our hero, and they don't hook the two of them up either. Nope. I was like. Oh, okay. You're not going to get back with your ex because we've introduced like a hot young astrophysicist for you to get with. And no, they have a fully professional relationship throughout it. And when it ends, they're like, and good day. This was the person that helped me in my mission. Yeah. Have a good time. And yeah. you're like, what the fuck well, just happened? This movie, e- this movie ends in like that kind of way. Did the movie just end sort of way? Where you're watching it, and then it just goes, hey, good job. Thanks, you too. Credits. You're like, what? Wait. I- <laughs> Wait, what? Huh? What? Well, where, where's there going to be more? Are you going to pan out or anything? Nah. <laughs> Who would ever? We don't give a shit. <laughs> Who has the time? They solved the CGI problem. Mm-hmm. We don't have a movie anymore. We got to show that Cars for Kids commercial. <laughs> Wait, 1-800-CARS-4-KIDS? <laughs> I've never actually heard it, so you can't get it stuck in my head. <laughs> <laughs> uh but for all of you listening if you have you're welcome yeah there you go so it's our christmas gift to you <laughs> that's for you yeah uh so it, it actually didn't open there it did actually open after the cold op- or the uh, cold open random yeah, flash cold forward. open you get it it's ah. christmas catastrophe but what it is it really opens on the astrophysicist alex alex novak i want to yep. Alex Novak is working at the lab at the college she works at, which she's going to talk about a lot throughout the movie. She constantly is like, I work at the college. I'm an astrophysicist. Um, but then her like professor, Sir Not a Character in this film, comes up and is like, you have to go home. It's Christmas. And she's like, I don't know anyone around here. I don't really want to go home. I just want to finish this assignment that I'm interested in. How about I lock up? And he's like, no one works on Christmas, especially not however many days before Christmas this is, probably one. Yeah. Uh, but no, I can't allow that. You have to go home. And she's like, I just told you, I have nowhere. I mean, I can go home, but I'll just be sitting in an empty apartment. Why, why won't you just let me do what I want? I mean, here's the thing. I do like her boss is just like, please take time off. You yeah. slept here. Yeah. Please go home. This isn't even like you need to celebrate Christmas as much as it is. You haven't like bathed in 48 hours mm-hmm. or like left this room yeah please fucking leave yeah at least go take a shower and come back if you're that interested in she is studying the 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 titular meteor the ice apocalypse itself yes the titular meteor that is not in the title of this <laughs> hey the ice apocalypse is the meteor <laughs> no it's an ice catastrophe <laughs> oh right it's an ice catastrophe ice apocalypse is the prequel <laughs> ice apocalypse is my father <laughs> Uh, he controls the evolution of cold-based mutants. <laughs> I'm glad you said that, because I was like, God, how do I get to an Apocalypse the X-Men villain reference? He's got to have full genetic control over Iceman, and that's all he's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does, and they're very cool about it, and they're looking for a third. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lifestyle thing. Ugh. But, uh, yeah, so she gets kicked out of her office, then we do the dynamite thing we just mentioned, where he's like, kids... 
I, if you're bored, I can give you work to do. Did you fix that part of that vehicle like I asked you to? And his son's just like, yeah, dad, like two hours ago. Oh, shit. Well, I guess I will drive you into town as per your request then. Now, uh, Ratchet here is some sort of gen- generic man about town whose job it is to do all the land management stuff. Yeah, he's so- basically like the handyman slash fix-it guy for the resort that Ben Crooge richest man in town owns yes but he also is like why do you have dynamite i have dynamite so i can do uh, i can blow the mountain up from time to time for the purposes of avalanche prevention and control yes and i'm like that is not the job of the handyman who works at the nearby resort that's a city thing but sure why not also he's working in a big pile of construction like they just they just rented out a, uh, a construction storage yard for the morning and had him stand there filming among like 15 tractors yeah you're like how many tractors do you need to be the resort man business manager <laughs> Or, or land manager. You'd think as well. You're like, oh, there's a resort here. And I'm like, this is supposed to. I mean, technically filmed in Canada. Obviously, it's a sci-fi original. Set in Montana, filmed in Canada. It's suppo- I think it's supposed to be Washington? No, they they, they, uh, they mentioned it. One, one of them's like, it's, it's a half-hour drive to Billings, and we're going to make a break for it. Mm. That's all you need to know. It's set in Montana. No, it's set in Washington State. What? The, what the fuck is Billings doing in this? Billings, Washington. They're going to find a <laughs> Billings, Washington? Fuck you. They're also an hour away from Billings, Montana. Uh, sure, yeah, ex- exactly that. After they make it through, like, Idaho and shit, they'll be so close to Montana. <laughs> isn't uh, it on the other side of the Dakota? No, it isn't. It's on the close side of the Dakota. No. Does. Uh, but yeah, they're, like, they're basically, like, a mountain town at Christmas time, and I'm like, this feels like it would be when this resort should be jumping. Yeah, you would it's a think, ski resort. Yeah, you'd think this would be when you would have people here, and yet this is just a ghost town. Because mm-hmm. when they go into town to be like, oh, we'll go do the Christmas celebration thing, it's like, we have four shops, and they're all getting torn bound, down by Ben Cruise so he can put up a shopping center for his resort. Yeah. Plus, Cruz went individually to each person who, who was at his resort and was like, go home. No one skis on Christmas. Go home to your family. This isn't a time of skiing. It's a time of joyous family memories. And they're like, please, skiing is all I have. I have no family. They all died of Lou Gehrig's disease. And he's like, go home. I can't possibly listen to this. <laughs> I don't want to possibly listen to you. Yeah. Uh, so... It's time to set up all the fucking subplots. We drive our our, our boys to town, and our uh, our main one, uh, the son of of Ratchet, immediately goes off to dally with a young girl whose fancy he has stolen. Oh yes, why the young Marley Crooge? Mm. You see, and her brother Marley. They're Marley and Marley. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, there's a lot of shit in this. Yeah, uh, but he's. <laughs> this is also just a ridiculous thing for me is her brother in this but tim is like oh marley we're gonna we're we have to keep that we are interested in each other on the down low because obviously our families would never approve your father because i am but a humble like handyman son and my dad because he is a good communist and hates all of the rich Mm -hmm. you see the problem marley is that we're from two houses but they're alike in dignity (laughs) you see a rose by any other name. <laughs> and she's like, I thought we were doing a Christmas carol. We're doing lots of things. <laughs> Look, there's a lot going on right now. <laughs> it's like 16 different movies. Look, the writers have only read two things, so <laughs> you got to hey, get used to that. Listen to our show long enough and you think we've only ever read a Christmas carol as well. 
<laughs> and only like one chapter of you it. You there, boy. <laughs> uh, anyway, Tim and Marley run off to go, you know, canoodle, canoodle and mm-hmm. he has a, a special little necklace that he's going to give her for Christmas. Uh-huh. We then find out that the owner of the one of the local stores, we don't even know which one, but just one of them is dressed up as Santa and he's got a thick German accent for some reason. For absolutely no reason. I have to assume the actor they got, he was like, Can I put a little you know, a little sauce on it? And they're like, Why? And he's well, like, I don't he's know. like, I want to try out my German accent. I and it sounds like this. And they're like, uh, that's that's terrible. And he's like, Yeah, I know. And oh, like, they have closed down my shop, oh. but it's okay. <laughs> like, I still have the holly jolly spirit, ho ho ho. <laughs> like your American Santa Christ. <laughs> <laughs> like Christopher Kringlast. <laughs> they're like, No, you can't do that. And he's like, It's too late, I have already filmed it. <laughs> I filmed it fifteen minutes ago. You can't take it back now. You have six more movies to make about sharks with different amounts of heads yeah <laughs> god, god bless fucking got us <laughs> fucking got him <laughs> love that and so that is mostly just there to really set up the whole like oh charlie talks to fucking <laughs> german santa and uh-huh. is like oh that Kruge, he only cares about money and not the livelihood of this town. I'm like, yeah, but he had to buy all of those stores. They did need to sell them to him. Yeah. If they really wanted to keep the store, they could have gone, no, I'm fine. Yeah. But instead, they sold them. I assume German Santa has plenty of dollars that he got from this man. Probably. Unless it was some sort of, like, hostile takeover or land. He's like, ha-ha, you're late on rent, and I have foreclosed on you. And they were like, can I just pay rent? And he was like, I declare that no, plus no coal for your coal fire this this eve. (laughs) Oh, no, my coal fire will not be evened. (laughs) Oh, to Lima. (laughs) German Santa. Fucking German Santa. I was so excited with his dumb accent. I was disappointed when he was written out of the movie fairly quickly. Sad that he is... The second person to die in yeah. this. <laughs> so, so, meanwhile, canoodling. Alex, out in her uh, university thing, tracking okay. a meteor, is like, huh, this is weird. It's got a weird heat signature thing where sometimes it's cold and sometimes it's hot. You keep the hot side hot and the cold side cold. Yeah. While I was watching it, I was like, I wonder which one of us will be the first one to the McDLT reference. Who's going to McDLT this thing? <laughs> it was me. I McDLT. I was going to wait for it to split up to describe how there was a hot side and a cold <laughs> side. But believe me, it was on tap. B- believe you me, I know and I wanted to get there I first. Know. I had already hung my name on a little pewter placard around the tap that pours the draft of McDLT references. <laughs> And you the, scooped me. The people are hungry for McDLT references and Just, McDLTs. <laughs> and the dancing uh, dancing and songman stylings of Jason Alexander. Oh, good Lord. So, so she notices that and is just like, oh, that's weird. This meteor has weird nonsense heat things. And then Tim and Marley see this meteor actually enter the atmosphere and break into two parts. A red part that goes shooting off into the distance. And an even eviler part. And a blue part that's coming right for us. Yeah. <laughs> and then it smacks through a car in the exact center of town, right? As, well, actually, I don't think that happens until... No, it... Yeah. It does. It happens then. Because I was trying to remember the, the order of operations for when the son, Tim, gets punched. 
And I think it happens after, it's, it's the, after the meteor, this. which is hilarious. Yes. Because before this, I would still be like, that is odd and it, egregiously uncalled for. Non-proportional response. But afterwards, I'm like, my man, you have bigger fish to fry. Yeah. Because this meteor hits and the explosion itself, of course, also causes a bunch of cold to happen because that's going to be the MacGuffin of this. Yeah. But... The explosion of it hitting in the middle of town ends up, like, knocking a bunch of people out. Fucking Charlie comes to and notices what's going on. And the first victim we have is his son, Tim's buddy, TJ, is our first victim. Yeah. Who is out near where the crash site happened and is covered in, like, frost. Yeah, doesn't it kill you that TJ is not really a direct connection to anything from Christmas Carol? Come on, guys, you could have named him Fred. Oh, it's actually incredibly lazy, because you see, the actor is Tyler Johnston, so they just went, oh. you're TJ. And he's like, good. Yeah, fine. I don't want, I am in this movie for exactly enough time. <laughs> uh, so he, well, his last name was Ezzywig, but. <laughs> Ezzywig? TJ Ezzywig. I saw uh, TJ Ezzywig spin at Canberra once. <laughs> Did like a four-hour set. It was amazing. Uh, Lord. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Charlie gets up and he finds German Santa and he's like, hey, man, we got we got to do what we need to do and we've got to help people. There's people who need help and you're going to help them and I'm going to help them. We're both going to help people. Okay, you got that? And he's like, oh, yeah, I've got it. It's very good. I go help some people. I go yeah. help the boy who is frozen on the ground. Is oh, he alive? Oh, the child. Oh, kinder, are you okay? And I love it that uh, Ratchet is already looking at him like, mm, don't nope. even, I, I'm not, and not like, but that's like his, his son's friend lying like frozen. his son's best friend is dead and he's like, yep, shit, I'm the one who drove him here. I'm pretty sure I'm going to get in trouble for this. And instead he just kind of goes, don't touch him. He's dead. Like the, the pro the ratchet is the main character here sucks because he will never explain what's going on. And anytime he gets a direct request for information, he'll just quip instead. No. So they'll ask him things like, what do you know about dynamite? Are you an expert? In it's use. And he goes, here's what I know about dynamite. Boom. <laughs> okay. What? But I actually need an answer though. Okay. But I need to know if you do know about explosions. Uh huh. Like, like if all you know is, that they go boom and you are a little baby man and that's what you know. Please tell me so that I don't assume you are an expert. Okay, well, uh, can you please tell me where we're going? Because seven out of the eight directions I can think of lead to instant frozen death. Where are we going? Where are you taking me? Last minute Christmas shopping. No, 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 no. no. I need a real answer. Ah, <laughs> ah. Uh, uh. <laughs> Rolled you've, up newspaper. <laughs> no. You've got main characteritis. You need to back it off on that. <laughs> I do as I... No, no. Hey, hey. Don't make me get the get squirt it. bottle. Take that gravel out of your mouth. What do you got in there? What do you got? Spit that gravel out. Oh, I've got my regular voice again. Sorry. Oh, jeez. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh. I had cigars and gravel in my mouth so I'd sound like I was the star. Oh, boy. I'm Charlie Ratchet. Let's do this. Yeah. So when the Santa tries to help frozen TJ... Yep. The second he puts his hands on this boy... He begins freezing. And it's not it's not Ratchet who's with him. It's Krooge. Yes, Krooge is also over there taking a look at the impact site. Yes, he wants to see what's going on with the car. So he's like, what is this? I'm going to go investigate. Blah, 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 blah. Business, business. Krooge has a hilarious arc throughout the course of this, which is that 
he keeps running away from things that are a good idea to run away from because they will for sure kill you and have already killed the person he's trying to help. Yep. And then he feels like a coward and the movie treats him as such. (laughs) I mean, that is a staple of horror movies is you're like, we are going to basically frame a person as the biggest cowardly asshole possible. Yeah. But if you objectively stand back and look at it, you're like, oh, that motherfucker was fully right in every decision. Yeah, it's only it only comes up, I think, twice, but both times it comes up. I mean, there's a lot of, like, I'm not going with you on this mission kind of stuff, which is just objectively correct, because he's, he's a volunteer at best. It's not his actual responsibility to go do anything. No. Uh, but anytime it's like, oh, God, a freeze is coming for me, and he darts out of the way, and other people die, and we're supposed to be like, How dare you? You should have somehow dragged those wheelchair people and stuff to safety first. Yeah. They died in a second. (laughs) But here he he sees the Santa start to freeze. He's like, oh, Uck, you must help me. I am frozen. Oh, my Hans. I cannot get some free. My Hans and my Franz. (laughs) I'm becoming a crowd sickle. You must save me. And he just kind of goes, gets away from him. And then he free the, the German Santa. There's no help for him. He freezes into a solid block and, and shatters into nothingness. Yeah. The, the Both him and TJ become so cold as to shatter into CGI chunks. Yes, which is hilarious every time it happens in this. Yep. And it will continue to happen. Oh, it happens so often. Uh, the <laughs> That is also one of my favorite things because Tim... We'll ask about TJ precisely one more time in this movie. Yeah. And never again. Yeah. And it never matters. And I just, I find it kind of sad. Yo, I find lot- it kind of funny, and I find it kind of sad. There's a lot of scenes, and there's only one character who has an appropriate reaction to learning that anyone else is dead throughout the course of the entire movie, which is uh, the love interest's mom when she finds out that the older brother of the love interest has, has died, has a bit of a breakdown. But everyone else, whenever they hear about it, they kind of go, Huh. Okay, we have things to do. Yeah. It's just like, ah, oh, did the did the pilot make it? He's gone. We need to go. <laughs> yeah. The So, at this point, everyone kind of has to fuck off because they're like, "All right, well, we don't know that this is going to do the flash freeze thing everywhere. We just know a meteor has landed." So, they immediately go like, all right, everybody, fuck off. Like, go yeah. home. Well, yeah, but first they go into the nearby store. I don't want to skip that because it's the scene. They're, they're all sheltering in place in the store. But hang on. And it's the scene where where the brother comes in and punches our, our yeah, I know. in the face. And we're like, I'm saying well, that is part of this. Yeah, no, sure. That's fair. But yeah, a couple of our, yeah, they send a bunch of people home. They're like, the, hey, go home if you can't. If you yeah. live downtown, go somewhere else. But yeah. like everyone else, let's try and get people that we can like in this bowling alley to take care of them. Yeah. And so they're all in there trying to figure out what they're going to do with the bowling alley. They're calling cops and all that. And then the brother, uh, T- Scott, Scott, again, could have been a name that could have been your Fred could have been, could've- but Scott is trying to find Marley because yeah. they don't know where she was. She wasn't there at like the thing Ben was doing. Yeah. And he sees Tim and Marley walking, like holding hands, like, they kiss when they are alone, but yeah. when Scott sees them, they just sort of are running out of a like store holding hands. Yeah. That is enough for him to, the next time he sees them at the bowling alley, when Tim's like, hey, what's going on? Uh, something happened. And Scott just punches him in the face. Yeah. He's like, stay away from my sister. You're like, 
Why? What? What are you talking about? We never really get... And it's a family-wide affliction as well. It's very Romeo and Juliet because the the next... You know, that's completely uncalled for. They don't even get into really a fight. He takes the punch. He just kind of goes, what the fuck, dude? Um, and then more adults come in and break all that up. And and then uh, basically when Krooge learns of what this was about, where he's like, he's been dating our da- your daughter. And then uh, Ratchet's like, hey, we really don't have time to deal with this right now. And he's like, you're fired. Did you just fire him because your kids are dating? What is happening? What is it, like 1910? What are you doing? It's very weird. Because they really want to be like, oh, we want to set up that these two families don't get along. We want to do the Romeo and Juliet thing. But we do not have time to set that up. No, there's too much shit to do. So our whole setup is... Tim's like, oh, if your dad knew we were dating or your brother, they would kill me. And then he takes a punch and we're like, great, that's it. Why is it like this? No idea. We will never explain or talk about it. It just doesn't matter. But it's not 100% that because Ratchet tries to basically Krooge tries to send Ratchet home because he's mad about finding out the kids are dating. And Ratchet's like, I'm not going home. I'm going to help people here in town. He's like, I'm telling you to go home. And he's, he's like, like, I'm not working for you now. I'm, I'm not at work at the moment. I am doing things of my own accord. I'm going to help. And he's like, well, then you don't have a job at all. Yeah. He's like, well, if you're not working for me now, you don't work for me at all. And you're like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> he's like, I need to go do some, you know, rescue work for people that have been injured in this disaster. And he's like, then you're fired. What? What? the fuck are you talking about and it's not even like i would understand if they were trying to do the whole scrooge thing of like no you need to get back to the resort and work where you're supposed to be instead of doing this but he just wants i don't pay you to help people he just wants him gone because he's mad about their kids dating it's a wild fucking choice yeah and it also doesn't matter or get resolved in any way i assume Cruise probably still has money at the end of this, but the end of the movie is like the entire town is gone. So pretty much where most of Cruise's like investments were are nothing now. I feel like that's probably a miss. I mean, we don't see it because we're in a nearby town at the end of the movie. We're in Tannen and not in Bedix or whatever. We're in Lennox and not whatever the fuck their town is. Yeah, Lennox and not uh, Tannen. Tannen's the town they were in in the first place. Now yeah. they're in Lennox instead. So... We don't go back to, t- to Tannen to see what happened, but we're in Lennox, and Lennox, at the, towards the end of the movie, at the climax, is blanketed by super ice, and then they, they and do then not. the MacGuffin, and it's fine. It's not even wet. It's just fine. Yep. So we got to assume that, that, that Lennox is also just fine now. Well, I mean, Tannen. the entire town basically got erupted with crystals. Sure. So it's even fine. if the ice disappeared, it's not like, oh, the ice disappeared and then the town knit itself back together. It's fine. It'll be fine. It's fine. It's fine. Look, it's fine. Look, don't worry about it. It's fine. It's okay. Not all not all the buildings exploded. Some of them just got covered in ice so you could do last minute Christmas shopping. <sighs> anyway. So once they have realized like, oh, we're going to need to get people out of town, like the state troopers show up and they're like so are you like have you handled shit like meteor strikes or whatever before he's like dude we are just the closest official people to here obviously not also have you ever even heard of a meteor strike that needed to be handled by local police they're shockingly rare (laughs) 
So, so if you're really, if you want to stay on the line and wait for someone who's an expert in that, you're welcome to. But I am here now, and I do at least have a badge, so I'm going to go, I guess, fucking like, look around. And as I mentioned a moment ago, one of the biggest failings of Ratchet as a character is that he will never tell anyone anything useful. He'll just be like, you shouldn't go over there. It's still happening, whatever it is. Instead of like, you shouldn't go over there. It's like absolute zero over there, and anyone who goes over there freezes into a crystal and shatters into a pile. <laughs> Yeah, but instead he's just like, I wouldn't go over there. Yeah, and he's like, ah, I'm going to go over there. All right, it's your funeral. Definitely, I still have time to continue talking and explain about the whole super freezy thing, but I'm not gonna. Uh, We then get the first of a lot of things where it's not enough for this little meteorite to pulse cold. Yeah. It also shoots crystals out where it will like just pulse ice so giant ice pillars will not only come from where it hit but just anywhere randomly anywhere in like a 20 mile radius just anywhere. an ice pillar could shoot up of any size usually just whatever size would be convenient to the cinematography at the moment yeah whatever will kill whoever it is we are trying to kill that is the size of ice crystal that will show and then there's also a sub function to the ice crystal pillars if anything whacks into them with sufficient force it'll be like a gong goes off and they will release a radiant wave of super cold that's cgi available so this meteorite does the uh like some crystals shoot up out of the ground and then fire crystal ice bullets basically because now all of the officers are just getting like shot with cgi crystal bullets oh my god the cgi blood effects are hilarious in in this oh yeah this has the cheapest after effects particle usage to show that (laughs) you know they do that thing where they can't quite do blood because this has to be on daytime tv on the sci-fi network so it's like black wet smoke that comes shooting out of everybody for like a split second it's just ah we put a splatter effect on you in in my little computer and bloop there we go that's one dead cop and that's another dead cop all right. Well, good. Great. I'm glad this movie has praxis. <laughs> so the <laughs> they managed to save a cop who yeah. just gets sort of a like head, head graze. Yeah. And they fuck off and go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. It is there that they decide, all right, whatever the fuck is happening with this thing is bad enough that we need to evacuate the town. We can't just be like, hey, go home. We have to send everyone to the next town over. Now, luckily, Ratchet's ex-wife works in some sort of government office or rec center or something over in the next town over. I never could figure out what that building was supposed to be. I mean, if you look behind her when she's sitting in her office, there is a list of city events that that she's supposed to work on, like her calendar of city events. It says things like the oldies dance and... uh, uh, the Christmas celebration and stuff. Yeah, I was so like, she's some kind of bureau of of, uh, of town management person. I couldn't tell if this was supposed to be like City Hall or if it was the library. It was like, oh, this is library events. See, like I, we're having a Christmas dance or I, whatever. I'm assuming that whatever town that is is minuscule and it's probably a lot of things. It's like, probably town hall slash library. Yeah, like notably it does definitely have an old-timey wood-burning stove smack dab in the middle of the largest room. Yeah, it's, it's a, again, just like this movie, it's a lot of stuff. It's a lot of things. And everything works differently depending on what's going on in that scene. So any of the ice effects may instantly kill one person, but just kind of cover another person loosely in snow. There's one part where two characters are immune to the effects of one of the pulses of super cold because they are holding lanterns. Yes. And then later in the movie... The thing is, at least as fucking stupid as that is, the movie's like, no, that's accurate. 
and will remain accurate for the entire movie. Ish. Because lanterns don't burn all that hot, and later the flash freeze will, so- will certainly take a helicopter down to absolute zero and crash it. And you know what's really fucking hot? A helicopter engine. Yes. No, I was also thinking that at the time. The same thing with a the car, the car that gets frozen. And yeah. I'm like, all right, but I guess it has to be specifically fire. It like can't affect fire because these are lanterns that are like fuel timing. Yeah, there's old timey propane lanterns with a little gauze wick that you light to create a little ball of light inside of it. Um, so they have a couple of those, and they're like, oh, they created a perfect circle right around us. We're totally safe. And at the end of the movie, everyone's huddled around a wood-burning stove, and it, the impression is that it will not be enough, that I guess the ice is just too mad now. By the way, if you're wondering about the whole meteor splits into two parts thing, you should be, because when you read the description of the movie, you're like, oh, so there's going to be like a hot part of the, uh, that they, like a tropical zone and a super frozen zone, so we'll have probably adventures happening in both until we realize we have to merge them. Oh, yeah, I assumed that where the other half landed, it was going to be like, oh, there's wildfires. Yeah. And we have to, like, try and get out of the ice catastrophe and into the fire apocalypse yeah. and get both pieces together. Yeah. And instead the, the, the fire chlism is just a nice little forested area that you see for about three minutes towards the end of the movie. It's not, it's not about, it's, it's just a movie about scary cold. The, the idea that the hot part of the meteorite does anything other than be the solution is sadly not used. Yes. But, uh, yeah, they have to evacuate everyone. Obviously we send off, uh, brother and sister Crooge by themselves because the mom is going to drive the neighbors. Yes, and the uh, son is sent to the nearby town and he brings some girl with him that I, because I hadn't, that up until then, the love interest had been wearing a big hat. I was like, oh, that must be the love interest, but she's just some random girl. Yeah, the, the son has to go off because, of course, the dad is like, all right, son, you go see your mom in the next town over and I'm going to stay here and save people like a hero. Yeah. And he's like, all right. Fucking whatever. Someone has to. Yeah, Hang on, sure. I gotta get more of this gravel in my mouth. <laughs> hobbits? No, I don't know what hobbits are. They're taking the hobbits to Isengard. To Isengard? To Isengard. <laughs> the hobbits, the hobbits, the hobbits, the hobbits. <laughs> God damn it. Sorry, everybody. Uh, sometimes things get in your head. And you can't not do it. Anyway, the the, uh, the we, we do get to meet the ex-wife around this point, and she is prepping for an emergency by directing the making of sandwiches. I mean, the the ex-wife, great in this, because she's just like, I am competent, and I am directing people to do the right thing at all times. The other thing is that we don't have enough time in the movie for her to disbelieve anybody. So when the husband calls, it's like, there's some, or ex-husband calls, and it's like, there's some weird shit going on over here. I'm sending everybody in our town to your town. Build as many fires as you can. Barricade the doors. Keep everyone inside. And she's like, okay, got it. She doesn't go like, that sounds crazy. (laughs) You're crazy. Yeah, as soon as he's just like, look, there's a weird ice flash freeze that's happening. It's coming your way. Be prepared. She's like, on it. Got it. Yeah. Make sandwiches. I'm I'm on sandwich time. Don't make cold cuts. They'll scare people. Make hot cuts. Ooh, hot cuts. (laughs) Yeah, have hot links, not cold cuts. (laughs) Uh, a hot link would probably keep away the super freeze <laughs> probably yeah um I, so I, alex shows up at this point because when charlie is like oh i'm gonna try and get back to the hospital to see what i can do he's bringing tools to help fix the generator to make sure that the hospital can stay up he passes over aggressively he 
is behind some guy's like SUV and is like, move you dumb motherfucker. Woo! And just absolutely like passes around him. And as he does, one of the random ice pillars shoots up out of the ground, which he dodges and the slower truck behind him does not. And explodes into this ice pillar, which again, causes a big free shockwave. Now, the ra- I, I, earlier I said they create a radiant burst of freezing that goes out. That's what the CGI effect is. But the, the actual in-movie effect is, no, it chases you for a while, kind of. Because it, he he passes Alex on the side of the road. She's trying to fix a flat in her car. And he can see the, the freeze chasing him from behind. So he's like, get in! He doesn't know who she is. Get in! No, he's just to- like, oh, someone's outside. Yeah. You have to get in! So she gets in and they start driving away. And she immediately susses out that they're being chased by super cold by just looking out behind her and watching as the world turns CGI blue behind her. Yeah. And then there's a point where she goes, wait, I think it turned the other way. (laughs) It's going that way. And you're like, isn't it a big circle? What are you talking about? (laughs) How, how is it, how is it going in a direction? You, you know what? Sure. It's fine. It just does that. It's going to do that a lot in the movie. But then it sneaks up and it's like, oh, it was going around and now it's coming this way. It headed you off at the pass. So they have to. Go to a boat and do the first bit from the beginning of the movie where they're yes. on a boat and getting chased by cold. And again, it's got, it, it's not like they get back to there and you're like, oh, that's how they ended up on a boat. It, do, it doesn't, it, no. it, it's not a weird mystery that you can solve it. doesn't pay anything off. You're yeah. like, oh, and then anyway, they, they found a boat and they used that. And you're like, well, I'm glad we explained that. I tell you, those, that particular narrative trick, that movie device never works on me because my memory isn't good enough. Ah. So whenever I'm like, we watched like the Sonic movie most recently where they did that, where there was, it opens with him doing the San Francisco chase. Uh-huh. And then towards the very end of the movie, they're like, oh, we're back in the San Francisco chase. And it had been about an hour. So I had forgotten about the opening. <laughs> and it wasn't until I was leaving the theater that I was like, oh, they did one of those narrative bridge connection things. I forgot. Huh? Huh? It didn't matter at all. No. Like. I don't know why most movies that have that do that, because it is for a very specific purpose. You're like, I need to show you something that seems entirely impossible to the type of movie you're watching. Yeah. Just so you are prepped and you go, oh, and this is the journey to how we got there. Yeah. If the if the end reason, if the thing you're trying to show me to be shocked by is Dr. Robotnik is chasing Sonic the Hedgehog, I'm going to be like, I'm not. Yeah, I'm, that's the point of th- the film. That that is what always happens. That and is it, their eternal dance. Same thing in this. You're like, ah, I showed you people running away from ice stuff, and you're like, yeah, that's the movie I'm watching. What the fuck do you think? Doctor Robotnik will always chase Sonic until they realize they can just fuck about it. They can never realize this. Yeah, it's it's important to the fiction. Yeah, if they did, it wouldn't. The tension would be gone, and exactly. no one would enjoy reading about them anymore. <laughs> this is a will they, won't they? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's trying to busy himself with lesser characters like knuckles and uh, rouge the bat but in his mind he oh, knows Knuckles is trying to busy himself with rouge the bat if you know well, what he's I mean. just confused about it <laughs> anyway they managed to drive this boat on shore and then get out and run and run and that's enough yeah because they're like oh god it's it's gaining on us we're going it's, like 50 gonna, miles an hour on a boat and it's going to gain on us. And then as soon as they get out, they managed to get all the fuck way up a mountain uh-huh. and then look back and go, wow, we sure did narrowly miss that. They're like, running through what? like two feet of fresh snow, too. It's very impressive what they managed. But yeah, basically the ice chasing them is very convenient because it's it's going car speed when they're going like 100. And then they get out and it almost catches them because they've run out of road and they're in a lake. They get in a boat. 
boats don't go 100. Well, some of them do, but not this boat. This is a little fishing boat. Um, it's going maybe 30 or 40 miles an hour, but that's fine. It, the, the ice slows down. They get out. I, there's a part where they jump out of the boat, and even though they rammed the boat onto the shore, they get out in like two feet of water. Oh, yes. And I was really hoping that their boots would get frozen, and they'd have to step out of their boots and keep going. The, the thing is, when they're going, he's like, I'm going to have to beach it. And I was like, oh, if this was any actual movie, it would ram into the ground, and they'd have to like dive out. Yeah, because the water's already frozen. And instead it was, I'm going to have to beach it. And by that, I mean, I'll slow down and we'll kind of hit the land and then we'll get out into the water and walk. And I'm like, what the fuck was that? I'm going to have to beach it, but we can't afford to damage this boat. They need it for a shark movie. I hear the shark has six heads. We're renting this. I cannot do that. But yeah, they they escape. And this is the point where Alex is like, I'm an astrophysicist. And that meteor is very interesting. I need to get to it so I can take a core sample. I might be able to solve this problem. And this boy, is the, the scientific discovery of the century. Boy, howdy. When she starts talking about the science, it is rough. We need to rebalance nature. The binary polarities of these meteorites. This isn't magic. It's science. And you're like, no, I'm pretty sure everything you just said was magic. It's some sort of subatomic chain reaction. Yeah, everything is a subatomic chain reaction. That's what that is. We we always wondered where uh, the water on Earth came from, and we, we said it would come from ice from asteroids, but there's so much water. But now this really seems like it would be an explanation for that. And I'm like, why? It didn't bring any water. It just brought cold. Cold is just the lack of motion. It's not water. Yeah, it, it isn't creating water it's just freezing the water that is here and the air apparently because note when a lot of this shit dries it just goes away it doesn't turn into water except sometimes it does yes if it's if it looks cool it turns into water and if you need there's just not be ice where there was ice in the previous scene there's just not ice and everything's dry yes <sighs> for example the hot part of the meteorite lands in the snowiest part of the valley like up on top of the ridge of the mountain nearby yeah. And when they get there, it's just a forest. And he's like, this was under six feet of snow yesterday. I'm like, like really? Because it's very green. It's green and dry. What happened to all the wa- the six feet of water that fell into it? How come it's not all boggy? <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it. It got sent to an isekai dimension. <laughs> the snow's real happy. It's a villainous now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what happened to Frosty. Yeah. After Frosty the Snowman died he, only had he one got day. isekai he got isekai got sent to a dimension where it's snowy all the time but also he's a spider monster and has to learn from basic rpg abilities huh? oh all i've got is dash right now but i can learn something new that'll impress my uh, only ceremonial but still i call her my sister sister <laughs> with the bosoms <laughs> my sister with the bosoms <laughs> uh anyway so I mean, we've been talking for a while, but... You want to just jump through the end here? I mean, we can we can go through some of the highlights here. Okay. So, most of the people arrive in town. Uh, obviously, Scott and Marley, the brother and sister, get stopped on a bridge because some guy has a broken down car. And this is one more point where we're like, oh, we need to reinforce that Scott, the brother, is the world's biggest asshole. He's just a lunatic. It doesn't make... He, like, starts yelling at this guy in the truck, and the tr- guy in the truck has the hood up and is clearly working on the engine. And he's like, move the fuck out of the way! And he's like, I can't. My car is broken. What it's the like, fuck are you doing? I'm getting out of my car, and I'm going to kick your ass! And you're like, why? What, what would that accomplish? Like, yeah, the fact that he like, he's like, what the fuck is your problem? And I'm like, what is yours? Like, actually, my man, what is your problem? 
Eh, it doesn't matter. He dies in this scene. It's fine. Oh, yeah. The, we get another flash freeze because this is the uh, other part of the freeze from that car hitting the pillar. Yes. So and he goes, he goes, the sister's like, what are you doing? His car is broken. He's not blocking us on purpose. And the, Scott kind of goes, uh, uh, okay, okay, look, I'm really sorry. Let me see if I can help you fix your car. And the guy's like, yeah, there's something, a spark plug. And then a giant chunk of ice completely crushes him and just takes him out of the movie, whoever the, the car fixing guy was. Yeah. He's just gone. It's just, now there's a block of ice there instead. He was Little John in Once Upon a Time. <laughs> I would have believed he was Little John in, like, anything. I would have been fine with, like, men in tights. I'd be like, oh, cool, that's what happened to that big guy. <laughs> that big bald guy who looked like a pro wrestler, like a like an off-brand Hulk Hogan. Nah, man, I mean, this guy was Little John in that show, and also, you know... He's he's just a guy I've seen in a lot of shit as a character actor. Great. It happens a lot in this movie where I'm like, I've seen you in things. Oh, yeah. Half the main cast, I'm like, I've seen that guy somewhere. I just don't care. I know you're in stuff. Yeah. So th- Also, th- he's got big Patrick Rothfuss energy. <laughs> Does this guy. That's a weird pull. Hey. Just because you and I have met Patrick Rothfuss. That's all I'm going to say. Who's a famous author. He's not really. <laughs> all I'm saying is, dude with a broken down truck and Christmas ice catastrophe. Big Rothfuss energy. You know what? He's very forgiving of the dude, the kid who was trying to kick his ass and was generally pleasant until he was crushed into a paste. So sure. Yeah, much like my, Rothfuss. <laughs> based, based on my, my limited interactions with Rothfuss in the past, he is very pleasant and nice. Yeah, and crushed by ice. And he has been crushed by ice. <laughs> Granted, I did crush him with ice. Yes. Yeah. Rest in peace. Yeah. F's in the chat. <laughs> Dick's out for Patrick Rothfuss. <laughs> uh, anyway, this cold blast then comes through and kills scott but just buries marley in snow yeah because again this movie's it just does whatever to whoever is, who gives so, a fuck. sometimes some people get a little chilly other times people are instantly frozen to a a hard brittle mass and collapse now one of my favorite things about marley in this and also her dad ben the Kruges refuse to use their hoods. Both of them yeah. throughout this movie are wandering around in just freezing temperatures, snow all around them. It's absolutely terrible. Both of them have fur-lined hoods, and neither of them will ever put that hood up. Yeah, there's a part where literally when Tim is trying to rescue her and she's cold, she's like starting to get frostbite and hypothermia, and he takes his own jacket off and puts it on her before he thinks, you should probably put your hood up. You're like A lot of heat escapes from the head. Yeah, you got... You got a good winter coat. You're just, for some reason, the hood is down and you've zipped it down about two inches. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? My hair looks, oh, first of all, the, the, my, my sweater, my jacket has to be zipped down two inches so I can play with the necklace you gave me. So thanks for that. Okay, that's very gauche. Huh? And second, the hood can't go up because my hair looks good right now. Have you seen my hair? <laughs> Ugh. Now just give me more of your jackets and everything's going to be fine for me. <laughs> I thought for sure Tim was going to die after he was like, well, here's my jacket. No, they don't have time for that. There's there's a scene where he gives her the jacket, builds a fire, a little tiny fire, so they can sit around in the in the snow. And then he goes, wait a minute. The nearby town is right over that pass. I think we could make it. And then we don't visit them until they and made then it. Then indeed they do. <laughs> <laughs> in the annals of character story arcs. Because, yeah, sure, we can start wrapping them up. Uh, it's, we, also, that is weird to me because... Before his dad leaves, before Charlie leaves, he's like, here you go, Tim, a Christmas present, and gives him the lighter. And I'm like, oh, oh the lighter. Oh, 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 setting a thing up. He's got a lighter. That's going to be important. Never and all again. he does is make a small fire that didn't matter because they then immediately abandon it and go over a passenger in the next town. Yes. 
And I'm like, God damn it, movie. Quit setting things up. You don't pay off. So now they know that Marley and Scott were supposed to have made it to the town by now, and they didn't. So Crystal, who is the mother of them, the wife, the wife of Ben Crouge, calls in a favor she has from the two town helicopter pilots. There are two helicopters in this movie, although it's going to take you about a half hour to figure that out because you can't show either of the they can't show two helicopters because spoiler alert, they're the same helicopter. Yes. Um. So they just show the two pilots, and the two pilots are not sitting in a helicopter. They're sitting in a room they have gussied up to look like a helicopter cabin. You can tell because the door behind them has crown molding, which is not a common feature inside of helicopters. <laughs> oh, God bless. Uh, and there's a point where one of them says, look, I'll do what I can, but neither of us is in rescue helicopters. And then for the first time ever, we see the outside of the helicopter, which has one of those emergency carry stretchers uh, bolted to the side. Calling into question what they do in the helicopters, if not search and rescue. Well, uh, Crystal flight specifically flight. says, oh, Ben bought a uh, airlift skiing company. Mm -hmm. So these are helicopters used to take rich people up a mountain. Except that, it, like I said, it has that emergency get out, get out of my mountain climbing free stretcher bolted to the side of it. Now, I, I'm willing to be. He also bought rescue helicopters and then put non-rescue helicopter pilots in those helicopters. Yeah. It just makes for a very weird just or juxtaposition of the guy going, we're not search and rescue, pan out to an obvious search and rescue helicopter. <laughs> now, I'm not a dog scientist. No, I'm not a search and rescue helicopter <laughs> expert, but if you'll consult this stretcher... <laughs> Uh, but yeah, you'll never know that there are two helicopters until one of them blows up. And then there's still a helicopter. And you're like, oh, there's two. Oh. I thought they were just for some reason unwilling to show the two guys sitting next to each other in the one helicopter. No. Uh, so the one guy. Uh, there's Cole and then there's Tubby dead guy for helicopter yeah, pilots. Uh, Cole and. I mean, they're both dead. Gary. Gary. Yeah, it's Gary Cole. Yeah. Gary Coleman. Mm -hmm. No, it's it just Gary Cole. That's the guy from Office Space. <laughs> no, it's Gary Coleman. <laughs> the guy from Office Space. <laughs> Uh, so Gary goes off and he manages to find Tim and Marley before getting killed by a gigantic ice pillar that goes up and, and destroys he his helicopter. And creates another one of them giant waves of super cold. But luckily, it's just Marley and Tim who are in the path of it. So they just sort of fall down and they are once again loosely covered in a small amount of snow. <laughs> and they just kind of get back up and are like, well, that's yes, we better go. Yeah. Uh, whereas Cole manages to find uh Ben and Charlie and Alex, yes. because Charlie and Alex were out fucking around trying to do shit with the meteorite. Mm -hmm. uh, ben Cruz went out to go find his family, I guess, and then... Uh, well, it, it, you've oh, got, no, this, they you've got found this reversed. Him. They found him. Yes. He goes with them to help rescue the family. It's part When they find him, in, he had been still at the hospital. And there's a point, he has this toady dude who's with him in the whole movie. Who, yeah, who, some sheriff. He's like a cowboy goth, because he's wearing he's wearing a bolo tie, but it's got like a big red jewel in the center, so he's like in this midpoint between cowboy and Dracula. Yeah. It's a neat look. for He looks like Nick Kroll, cowboy Dracula. He's, he is Sheriff Dracula. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, he's been given this guy orders, and he's been his toady for most of the movie. There is a point when the flash freeze comes to the hospital and freezes its way down a hallway, killing all these really slow-moving and infirm patients as one by one and turning them into icicles. And Cruz, scared of this, dives into the boiler room closet and shuts the door behind him. And this kills everyone else in the hallway. Except he didn't do that. The ice did that. And there was no way he could have rescued anyone. I mean, he definitely could have gotten his toady. He could have gotten his toady. Maybe. Because he just, he closes the door in the toady's face. Yeah. He could have gotten him in there. But then he goes back out and he's like, I didn't save any of them. 
I couldn't. And then he just collapses on the floor until uh, Ratchet gets there and he's just like, it's not your fault, man. It's not your fault. And he's like, oh, okay. Anyway, I've done this twice now. It's time for me to have my heroic turn. I'll go with you to find my kids. Yeah. And then he goes out and he's like, All right, when the helicopter crashes, because it crashes, it just freezes in the air and crashes. Well, yeah, it picks them up. Yes. So all four of them are in the helicopter when it just freezes for no reason. So it's not even like, oh, a wave of cold hit them, like super no. cold hit them. It's just, we are flying normally. And then it went, ah, I'm frozen now. It just freezes. Now, uh, by this point, Alex has developed a plan to blow up the cold meteorite with dynamite. So they're going to try and get dynamite. And so when the helicopter crashes, it kills the pilot. So now we're out of helicopter pilots. Well, um, yeah, because this movie is very good at the conservation of characters where it goes, hey, did we introduce someone? Are you one of the main characters? You will be dead momentarily. Yes. Yeah, no, stand still. You'll be dead in a second. Uh, so Cruz is like, I'll go find the kids. You yeah. two go get the dynamite. The I other pilots said they were going off this way. So uh, I'll go that way. So we get one shot of Cruz marching stoically into cold. And then the very next shot is Marley and Tim getting to the, the center. They're fine. He's doing... He's, he's, yeah, he, he's, he just fucking walked off to his death for no reason. He finds his dead son in the, in the uh, snow, though. Yeah. And he's like, has a brief moment. He's like, huh, my dead son. What do you know? And then the wave of super cold comes for him. Uh, slow enough for him to get mad about it. He sees it in the on the horizon, coming he towards has, him. He has a full Schwarzenegger in the Predator moment where he's like, I'm here, get me! I'm here! <laughs> oh, and I am also here in German. Oh, he no, is cold, but I am German. And the two of us are doing very convincing accents. Oh, the cold is coming, oh. yeah. <laughs> it is as cold as my native Dusseldorfen, <laughs> which is a German city I am led to believe. Hello, I am Rutger Hausenfalster. <laughs> You're not German at all. You're from Washington State. My favorite food is Rugelsteikens. <laughs> oh, the dude who plays him is Alex Zahara, born in Canada. <laughs> God bless you, Alex, for your service. Salute. So he, you know, uh, sits there and is like, come get me. Well, he has but a road flare. But he uncaps and starts up a road flare and holds while it as that happens. far away from the center mass of his body as he possibly can. But the radius of the road flare is apparently enough because Cruz will survive. Yeah, this. road flares are much more radius that uh, have much more radius to them than, say, for example, helicopter engines. Yes, obviously. Yeah. Well, there's fire is coming out the top. Mm -hmm. No fire was coming out of the engine. It's an internal combustion engine. It does contain fires. <laughs> <laughs> That's what combustion means. <laughs> <laughs> Which we know works because when Alex and Charlie go get a bunch of dynamite, another wave of cold is coming after them and they are able to fend it off by throwing dynamite at it. Yeah. And the explosion knocks the wave back yes, a bit. A bit. So they're riding away in a snowmobile and eventually they didn't tie the dynamite on especially well. And we've missed a ton of quips, as he because he also gets a flamethrower around this point. Yeah, it doesn't matter. None of this matters. But eventually, they accidentally manage to ride their way into the hot zo well, they, zone of the They lose meteor. all the dynamite because they didn't secure yeah, they it. it right. So, so they're no like, dynamite. oh, we have to get something else. And that's when he's like, oh, we can go get the hot part of this Let's thing, go, when he dives into the hot section. Now, the hot section is literally created a force field. Because yes. you can see the cold railing against the exact border of it, of a blue shield created by the hot the hot meteorite. When they find it, though, it's not like the zero point hot. It's not the surface of the sun or something. He touches it with his bare hand and goes, ow, ouch, I'll hold it. 
with these heat-resistant gloves and this regular fucking plastic tarp I have. Yeah, I've got, you know... It's got that silver foil on yeah, the outside. You, you, you know the, the sun protector thing you put up in your car's windshield? Yeah. I'll use that That'll hold and it. gloves to hold the Hot Times meteorite, and I'm like, all right, sure, whatever, Dude, fine. If that slightly warm rock is all you need to do this, then you could have just microwaved a potato and thrown it in there. The weirdest thing to me is they then get back on the snowmobile and drive through the snow to the main meteorite because they're like, oh, we have to connect the two pieces of meteorite because if they touch, then nature will be rebalanced or yes. some shit. But the whole way I'm like, just uncover it while you're going so that around you, this you can't have the snow and nonsense. And even then, I was like, oh, well, they didn't. But when they get to go put it in, he grabs it out of the fucking package and goes to put it in there. But when he gets close enough, he begins freezing, even though he is holding the hot part of the meteorite. Yes, it just doesn't matter. He gets frozen and heated at the same time and eventually turns into an icicle stick man. Alex has to push his hand the like rest of the inch of the way to have the two meteorites touch. And then they both freeze solid. But because it but touches, yeah. it explodes in magic anti-frost blast super steam or whatever and then the two of them spit a bunch of water out and they're fine and we're like where'd the water come from well you see all the water around them melted so they got a bunch of ice crystals on them so that all turned to water why are their lungs full of water well their lungs were full of water beforehand they just had like, and then they, it froze yeah. and then it melted <laughs> yes and they're fine though they're, but fine. they're fine now they're perfectly fine yeah, that's that's how being frozen and then thawed works yes. if you're a human, yeah. is you're fine. Yeah, you can survive up to seven minutes perfectly frozen rock solid. That's uh, that's just well, uh, understood science. That's just how that works. Yeah. And the, uh, the, like, town center where everyone was holed up is the frost is slowly, like, creeping through the ceiling and, and the walls and everything, and it's getting closer to their little They have an old, old timey stove. They're burning books in it to keep everybody warm. But then they when the explosion happens, it just disappears. We get a shot of outside where it's like everything is fully blanketed in ice. The entire town All is the cars just, are full of cracks, just frost everywhere. There's one other suit of characters who died who halfway through the movie kind of go up to the mom, the ex-wife mom character and like, we're leaving. We're going to drive to Billings. And she's like, no, don't. You'll die. But I've been told that it's super dangerous out there. And like, like we know that the highway is closed. All of the passes are closed. You can't get out. He's like, I've got four-wheel drive. We're going to try. And then you just see them get speared by a, a, a one of the ice crystals that comes up, and they just instantly explode. Yeah. But at the very end, right as they're all like huddled around the fire and the, the ice is cre creeping in on them, they play for a little maudlin sympathy at the end by introducing a little kid character you've never seen. And they give her a donkey, and they're like, this is a magic Christmas donkey, which indicates to me that it might be donkey time. Time for donkey talk. It, yeah, I mean, it tells me that that's probably an italian christmas donkey i'm not stopping this oh, fuck you i'm not me i donkey was all talk, set for you to stop donkey talk is a different show and yeah, it's an not italian happening christmas here. donkey could be a thing for you you could have that he dominic donkey, the donkey, italian donkey. christmas donkey requires no introduction the hills of the italy <laughs> look on this show we can be a little a little mean to the italians but we have nothing but love and respect for Dominic the Italian Christmas Yeah, which donkey. is why we should play a small snippet of his music in his honor, for donkeys were mentioned in this Christmas movie. <laughs> you know what? Maybe I'll make that 
the music that we played to go into this section. <laughs> I and now, this listeners, long. now you know why Dominic the Italian Christmas Donkey was playing for the interlude. There you go. That's how you do fucking foreshadowing scenes. See? That, that is how you do it, movie. Yeah. What's Martin Scorsese got that I ain't got? <laughs> so much money. Oh, Just right. so much money. money. Yeah. And talent. And talent. He also has some talent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, it, it, they just like to try and wring a little extra maudlin sentimentality out of you. And then it's just also, over and they just go right outside. Also, sorry. in that scene for the whole we want some maudlin sentimentality, when the frost is creeping in and they're like, oh, we're going to die, they begin to sing a Christmas oh, carol. Yeah. Now, you might think, oh, they're going to sing... One of the like slow and somber ones, mm, or sing or something that had one. been, yeah, something that would make you be like, oh, this is pulling at my heartstrings because everyone knows they're about to die. Yeah, like a God rest ye merry gentlemen or something. Something. You know? Yeah. Anything like that. And their choice is jingle bells in as they sit huddled around a dying fire as the cold enters and they can see their mortality in front of them. Fucking Jingle Bells is what they decide. That's what they landed well, on. Well, they just couldn't afford the rights for Jingle Bell Rock, which is what they wanted. <laughs> Rocking around the, the Christmas, Christmas tree. We're gonna die of cold. <laughs> yeah, well, they should have done Christmas at Ground Zero, obviously. <laughs> I was gonna say Santa Baby would have been my, you know, if I gotta go out. I just love the, like, minor key Santa Baby as everyone somberly sings that as death encroaches. Santa Baby, I'd like some hypothermia, too. Ah, <laughs> uh, Anyway. Uh. The meteorites touch and an explosion happens that fixes everything. Mm -hmm. Just fine. It's all just fine. Yeah. You know, all the cars had like six feet of ice covering them outside a split second ago. It's just fine now. It's fine. And the parking lot, no water. Dry. It dries a bone. Bone dry. And they decide to go outside and have a look in seconds. They're just like, I think it's fine now. Let's all go outside. Everything's great. All the frost is gone from the windows. Shelter all the CGI place, is gone from the pillar here. Just shelter in place for an extra five minutes, you dipshits. But then... Uh, Alex and, uh, fucking, uh, what's come, his nuts? Uh, Ratchet. Uh, Ratchet come driving in on a, in a, uh, a, a just married car. The, no, it's, it's the like mayor's car that he was driving around. Yeah. It's got Christmas crap all over. Yeah. And they're like, well, we, we did it. The mayor's car still functioning, even though it was in the middle of like sub-zero temperatures and ridiculous flash freezes for Hours and hours and hours and hours, and but it's fine. The movie, the movie knows how to pick up all the missing pieces. The only thing you're wondering is, I wonder if Ben Crude survived standing in the in the super cold with a road flare, and then he just comes walking in out of nowhere. He's yeah. like, hi guys, I'm fine. Hey, I've been I, huddled I, I with survived. my dead son for several minutes, but I'm not choked up about that or even going to mention it. It's fine. I don't care any more than Tim cares about TJ. And Tim's like, who? <laughs> And then, yeah, because none of these storylines matter anymore. We're done. All we get is is uh, Ratchet looking over at Cruz and being, hey, Ratchet, I'm glad you're okay. I'm glad you're okay, too. Credits. Yeah. Just immediate credits. I'm Not like, even like, can I have my job back? It, yeah, I thought for sure the sting on this was going to be like, hey, good job. You're getting a promotion. You're going to need, a, we're going to need our, ha our land management guy to fix all the damage. Or he'll be like, hey. Can I have my job back now? And Cruz will be like, no, you're getting a better one. Yeah. Something, anything, anything at all. But instead, it's just like, hey, I'm glad you're alive. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Credits. <laughs> he should have been like, give your job back? I owe you so much more. You there, boy. What day is it? <laughs> 
<laughs> and he's talking to that dead pile of TJ chunks. <laughs> you there, boy. <laughs> and does, do they still have that Christmas goose in the largest town, store in town? <laughs> the one I purchased? <laughs> Go and purchase it for me, and there's 50 cents for you. And then the pile just kind of goes, sludges along. <laughs> 50 cents is 50 cents. <laughs> hey, look, I ain't going to turn up my nose at 50 cents, and my nose is over there. Anyway, that's, that is the end of Christmas Ice Tastrophe. We are now going to do our bests and worsts. What was the best part of Christmas Ice Tastrophe I for mean, you? The best parts of this movie are all stupid, because that's the best Obviously. thing about this is the stupid shit. Um, so I'm going to go, uh, the CGI scene, I, I mean, actually, I think my favorite thing in here is the, uh, joy of being discovered by the helicopter and then the agony of it flying into an instant, instant ice mountain. Uh-huh. That was funny as hell to me where they were just like, <laughs> they, they kept chasing. There's like a 10 minute sequence of them chasing this helicopter. Oh yeah. They the see that helicopter three times and before it, never it notices sees them. them. And then finally they get its attention. It's like, I think I see some kids. I'm flying over there. Wait, a giant mountain just appeared in front of, me. ah, and they're like, oh, come on. Are you kidding me? God damn it. Luckily, they're still a 15-minute walk from safety. Yes. God bless. They really want... I think they just wanted to go on a helicopter ride. Yeah. They were like, look, I'm so tired. I'm let me t- just get, me just get that get that hel- I've always wanted to ride that one. Come on. Or the other one, which is, again, the same helicopter. Yes. But that's my favorite part. What's yours? Uh, I do like the... I think my favorite is the fact that... Uh, the two main characters, Alex and Richard, don't get together. The yeah. fact that you're like, oh, we've set up this dude who we clearly have shown has an ex-wife that he's not with. Here comes this good-looking woman, shows up. They go on an adventure together, and he never once hits on her. Nope. They never have any romantic connection. The end of the movie is them just being like, Hi, this is Alex. She's a scientist and a friend of mine. She we are colleagues. Yeah. <laughs> and that is incredible to me yeah. that they had that much restraint. Yeah, that was surprising. What is the worst part of Christmas Ice Tastrophe? I mean, not enough German Santa. I oh, feel for like sure. They got rid of German Santa early. Too early. I really wanted to hear him talk more about like, oh, I am German Santa. You must come with me for safety or the Krampus will surely chase you through the snow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he will whip your bottom and your life. Unless you have been a good boy on Min- or, or Liebchen. Yes, you get a little piece of the monster. <laughs> A chunk of Lebkuchen shall be yours. <laughs> Who wants Strushel? <laughs> that is a Big Mac. You say Stru- you say Big Mac, I say Strubenflaken. <laughs> Great. My, my, yeah, Good literally, choice. that's my answer. Great what, choice. what about you? Uh, the worst thing in this, I, <laughs> I think it has to be the entirely undeserved punch where I'm like, I know that? you want to shorthand that these people don't get along, but that is wildly inappropriate. Yeah. You'd be like, I saw you holding hands with my sister. I should assault you. And I'm like, what the fuck? Can we also talk? mention briefly that they never address the two kids dating again in any way? Like, there's even a, there's, there's room in this movie for a scene when both Tim and Richard ha- Ratchet, he should really be named Bo, right? Like, one letter off of Bob. Because it's Bob Cratchit. Uh-huh. 
This would be Bo. But wait, it was Richard. Fine, whatever. The two of them are back in their house, and it's when he gives them the lighter, and he's like, hey, son, you know you can tell me anything, right? Which is like the closest we're getting to addressing the dating. Yeah. And instead, he goes, I can tell you anything. You should stand up for yourself more to your stupid boss, Mr. Gr- Mr. Cruz. And he's oh. like, I did. He fired me. And then no one ever mentions the dating scenario ever again. Yeah, it no longer matters. It doesn't no matter. No one cares, which is fine, and you shouldn't care. A giant ice meteor has exploded It's near just you. weird that me, to, to me that they'd bother to set it up at all. Yeah. It's odd yeah so that's there you cool. go and now we will give a rating from zero to five each of us in order to give a full rating of 10 jeff what do you rate christmas Catastrophe? two and a half all right it's not great i mean let's be fair it's a lot of really bad really cheap cgi and samey characters running away from things yep uh it's just it's just not very good but that said it does have a lot of surprising things for a movie of this variety um, outside of the one little mention of of Christmas when the, when the, por- the helicopter pilot who flies into a mountain goes like, Hey, it wouldn't be Christmas if you didn't save somebody. There's very little of that. And again, we don't hook up any of the characters, yeah. e- even though it's an ex, ex husband running around doing hero stuff to save his, his ex wife's Oh kids. yeah. We, we are in full Roland Emmerich territory and they dodge that hard. I wonder if it was like Roland Emmerich sent them a cease and desist. <laughs> I heard you had a divorced dad hookup with his ex-wife after her new boyfriend dies. That is my intellectual property. Also, his name's Roland Emmerich, so he's probably a cartoon German. <laughs> Hi, this is Roland Emmerich. I hear that you are having your the ex-husband gets with the ex-wife. No, no, no. Oh, can't do that. Oh, you're going to go in the Krampus basket. And that's why there's a there's a German Santa in the movie. It's a thinly veiled insult back to Roland Emmerich. Who oh, yeah. It's like it's like the Siskel and Ebert in yeah, the in, Godzilla movie. In American Godzilla. They got, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what, that's that's what he's doing. Exactly it. That's why he dies. Yep. Yep. Nope. This is exactly... Exactly like Lady in the Water. Uh-huh. <laughs> you can't judge my movies, you critics. <laughs> oh, God bless. So two and a half for me. You? <laughs> two and a half. It is the exact epitome of a sci-fi original movie that you're like, boy, this is bad. And yet, I can't stop myself from watching how stupid this I is. I never had to pause it and, and I didn't send you any messages. Nope. It not was, a single one. I was just like, I'm watching this. I'm, wa- I'm, 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 I'm not, watching, not watching here. It, so there you go. All right. A five out of ten for Christmas Ice Tastrophe. I, you know, still not a super recommend. I'm just saying. No, it's not great, but it is a sci-fi original. It is definitely one that you could, if you were having a Christmas-themed bad movie night, go for it. Have your fun. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Movie Mastery. We will, of course, be back in another couple weeks with another episode. And if you like the show if you want to support us you can head on over to patreon at patreon.com slash system mastery supporting us at any level helps the show it lets us keep doing what we're doing and every level unlocks bonus content each level more and more gets unlocked you know it and we really need the money so you know it's not christmas until somebody gets saved so why not save us by spending some money on our fine patreon and you get four shows at the ten dollar a month level which is basically a steal. You yeah. you'd be losing money if you didn't get it. Yeah, yeah. We we ship all those shows out to you across the the ridiculously steep hills of Italy via Christmas donkey so that for you free can, for free shipping for free shipping. And all we ask is small donations to help us keep going that are optional on your part. But there are four shows to get, including the one we're about to record right now. Uh, TV Mastery. We're still going through Small Screen Heroes, which means it's time for a show from what, like 1992, I'm guessing? Oh, this one is 
I think, 97. Okay. And features a guest appearance from another superhero show from 1983. We are watching The Nightman. Uh-huh. Oh, are you fighter of the day, man? <laughs> Indeed. He knows karate. <laughs> Nightman, who has a special guest, Manimal. Yeah, so if you want to watch <laughs> straight up Simon McCorkingdale, the, the, the original Manimal. Manimal from 1983, showing up at a 1997 show as a guest star. Fucking wild nonsense. Please head on over to Patreon at the $10 level for that TV mastery and all of the other shows we do. Mm -hmm. And if you cannot support us financially, we understand, hey, it's Christmas. You got a lot of presents to buy. Why don't you give the gift of a rating and review to us? Uh huh. You can go ahead and let people know. Why don't you go ahead and wrap up a little gift card for Spotify and then tell people that's so you can listen to System Master? Yeah. I realize I probably should have spent the past month telling you to buy our books as Christmas presents, and I forgot to, and now it's like five days away. But, uh, you know. Hey, go to your go local bookstore and see if they got our books. Do it anyway. Make the bookstores carry them. That, that's a great way to help us out. Force yeah. them. Force them at gunpoint. <laughs> get in there get in there you got to start doing stuff for us we're gonna look we need some favors i need a couple of guys <laughs> thank you so much for joining us but just to say good night too we'll be back in two weeks with more movie mastery and until then all of you have a happy holiday Welcome to Character Creation Cast, a show where we create and discuss characters, the best part of role-playing games, with guests using their favorite systems. I'm one of your hosts, Ryan Bolter. And I'm your other host, Amelia Antrim. Join us as we sit down with game designers, podcasters, and fans of games as we dive into learning about different RPGs through the lens of character creation. It's a combination of character building, player advice, game design insights, and even a little bit of fan fiction for a different game every month. We tackle a variety of new and old games, both well-known and indie-produced titles. We learn how creating characters can tell us a lot about the games themselves. Check us out today anywhere you can get podcasts or on the OneShot Podcast Network at OneShotPodcast.com.